This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Morgan Berry, the voice of 13 from My Hero Academia. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, I know what you're thinking. Why are you doing an introduction to the Prime Show on Select Start? Wait, why isn't this Select Start? What is going on here? Okay, I'll tell you what's going on here. So, apparently, there's not that much news, gaming news at least, this week to do a Select Start series. And plus... I don't have any games to review till next week because Scarlet Nexus comes out tomorrow or Friday, if you're listening to this, uh, the 25th. So I decided to switch it up. And the reason more of the reason being as to why I'm going to switch it up is because there's a lot of new releases coming out so much. So I didn't want to wait till like weeks on end to review these things and be on the late. So we're going to have for you a double dose of the prime show this week yes you're getting two prime episodes so this one we're going to review batman the long halloween part one which just released and yeah we're going to talk about that I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this one in our talk topic of the week one of our one of two of our talk topics of the week and then sunday we're going to be as scheduled uh we're going to go as scheduled i should say and review fast nine so you know i've been waiting a long time to see this we've been waiting a long time to see this so that's coming as well i will also hold off on talking about the episode three of loki as much as i want to since we're doing two prime episodes i'll talk about that on sunday's show and uh give my thoughts to that uh because i'll tell you now uh really really interesting episode there a lot to talk about lots to talk about there so we're gonna do that uh but just let you know there will be gaming talk in this episode there was some gaming news i want to talk about here for this but um other than that it was just so much 
we're going to just keep it going because, I mean, there's other movie releases coming out this week that I'm going to probably hold off to the week after or whatever like that uh, via anime, you know, like and such. So we're definitely going to cover it here. And before we get to our next segment, I want to thank every single listener and person who downloaded this show, who listens to this show, because we officially have hit a new download record. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you enough how much this makes me feel and uh, all the work that goes into this. It, it just it's um, it's amazing and humbling to know that people are enjoying the show and constantly, you know, checking out the show every week and downloading and subscribing and whatnot. I, I can't thank you guys enough. So um, even on popping right now, we're at uh, popping is, you know, at like twenty seven thousand downloads right now of shows you know that have been downloaded and re-downloaded and stuff like that so thank you i i I can't thank you enough this has just been an awesome ride i love talking about all the things that i enjoy in life uh all the things that make me happy mentally you know in life that makes you happy mentally in life so it's just been an awesome ride thank you guys so much and i appreciate all of the support that you guys have had so with that said folks let's get right to it let's find out What's new in the world of ACMG? And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so I'm going to talk about the Spider-Man Pope situation just a sec, but I I just got to say, I just finished watching the trailer to the new Candyman movie that Jordan Peele's doing. I love this guy. Jordan Peele, a com- a comedic actor, a comedian himself, a comedic writer, has transcended into the new Alfred Hitchcock of our generation. Okay? This guy is brilliant. I mean, his show Key and Peele was awesome. Keanu was awesome. Get Out it i mean you name it the dude has done it and now he's doing Candyman, one of the most beloved horror movies of our time uh it's it's just it's an amazing thing that he's doing and the, let me tell you how great i believe jordan pill is i don't like horror movies i don't like thrillers i don't normally go see these type of movies when jordan pill does it he does it in such a way that he makes it intriguing for people who are not normally fans of this type of genre uh get out had a really interesting you know message to it it also had a really interesting message to it i'm pretty sure this one will as well like when you watch his movies it's not exactly what you're seeing in front of your face there's literally more than meets the eye (laughs) and that 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 term that old transformers term goes greatly with jordan pill and it's never exactly what you think it is. It's not always exactly a horror movie. There's always some type of a message or theme to it that you really got to look beyond. And that's what makes it so intriguing. And I'm watching the Candyman, you know, trailer. It looks creepy as hell. It looks scary. Great cast, by the way. Um, the I forgot the actress' name who plays Monica Rambeau on um, WandaVision. She's on air. Um, the, I believe the gentleman who played Black Manta on uh, Aquaman is also deeply in this too. He's like the main character of this. 
and it just looks amazing it looks absolutely amazing um i am gonna debate hard if i'm gonna see this movie because <laughs> I, I don't know i, I just don't know but Jordan Peele is just so amazing and I, I love his filmmaking. I just love his his mind. Even when you watch Kim Peele, if you never, a lot of people have watched Kim Peele. It was like the the uh, successor to the Chappelle show. Um, but if you watch that show, you can see how amazing the, 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 the narrative and storytelling that he has in that, in the dialogue too, that he has in his skits that he writes for the show. And it, it, it's so appealing. It, it's just amazing so yeah i'm gonna be debating hard whether i'm gonna go see that movie but i got a feeling i might end up seeing that movie in theaters i don't know bro <laughs> i just don't know this might be the one that this may be the one that i may not we'll see i'll just keep watching new trailers as it goes along um but yeah it candy man's coming back and you're in the mind of jordan pill get ready get ready for that what i wasn't ready for was seeing TMZ footage, was seeing ABC News footage, was seeing CNN footage of Spider-Man visiting the Vatican to meet the Pope. I don't think there's a debate as to who is the best and greatest superhero of all time. Superman is Superman, don't get it twisted. But, dude, somebody dresses up like Spider-Man to go see the Pope. Okay. That's beyond. I this is one of the times I wish Stanley was alive just a little bit longer to see something like this. This I mean and, and he wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, he'd be very appreciative that one of his creations have made it to this point in fandom, even after his death, to see something like to witness something like this. Yes, people, if you go online. If you go on the internet, if you even Google Spider-Man Pope, you'll see the footage of a man dressed in Spider-Man costume, full gear, meeting with the Pope, being blessed by the Pope. And it basically, the story of this is that there's a cosplayer by the name of, and I hope I get this name right, Mattia de Verdita, who visits children in hospitals, uh, you know, dressed as Spider-Man. He comes to be blessed by the Pope. Uh, I first saw this from TMZ who reported this and that he was also recognized and they reported that he was also uh, he also had recognition from the president of Italy as well for his contributions and his uh, charities towards uh, kids. And it's an awesome thing. This is a very awesome. I mean, say what you will. I mean, yeah, it's a guy dressed in Spider-Man to meet the Pope. It's the weirdest thing ever. But also there's a great story behind it. And it's really a beautiful thing because Spider-Man always, the symbol of Spider-Man does kind of coincide with the Pope because the the term, and, the, the, and this is another reason why Spider-Man may be the greatest superhero of all time. Uncle Ben's quote, with great power comes great responsibility, has not only transcended in the world of Marvel, it is transcended in pop culture. You've heard it not only in the comics or in the movies, you also hear it on TV shows now. Uh, you DC quotes that quote a lot. I I lie to you not. If you watch The Flash, if you watch a few other shows and comedies or the dramas, they quote 
with great power comes great responsibility, almost to the point that it is normal, normal society now to say this. And it, it's amazing because everybody knows where that comes from. So if anybody argues about the value of comic books, that quote alone came from a comic book people. And that quote is being used more and more every day. And now the meaning of it is transcended into the Vatican and transcended to one of the most, you know, time honored religions out there, you know? So, you know, Verdita, uh, also Dave Verdita, I, I should say also gifted the Pope with his own Spider-Man mask as well. Um, you know, and, and you know what I love about that? What was beautiful about that? And I don't think, you know, when I watched TMZ, they didn't catch on to that. They didn't understand the meaning of that. And I just, it just dawned on me af af um, after that. If you guys remember, if you guys remember watching uh, Into the Spider-Verse, there's that, there's that, um, that scene where Spider-Man dies and everybody's, you know, rallied together in a vigil and every, a lot of people's, um, I, a lot of people were wearing masks, including Miles was wearing a Spider-Man mask to trip in tribute. And basically, basically what happened here is, um, I think the mask was supposed to symbolize that everybody can be a hero. Anybody can wear the mask. And that kind of was one of those symbolic type of situations when he gave that to the Pope. And it's just a beautiful thing to see that it's really awesome that we get to see this in such a way. And it just, it just goes to show how far Marvel has gone, how far comic books have gone, how far Spider-Man has gone. This was awesome to see overall. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, the, 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 everything, it's just amazing what a legacy can do. What happens when you have somebody who creates something so great that it transcends over the years. It's just absolutely fantastic. So go out of your way to check it out. It's just, it's just, even if you don't know what they're saying or just, just visually, it's just visually amazing to see. Uh, that it, it's just mind blowing. If you're a comic book fan, you need to be happy about this. This is just like, this is the top of the mountain. Awesome. <laughs> you know, Spider-Man is the most blessed character of all time officially at this point. So. I wish this other bit of news was blessed as Spider-Man, but you know, cause it's near and dear to me. I grew up with this, but, um, Transformers, Transformers had, a, you know, it's had his ups and downs in the movie, uh, you know, scene. And basically we're getting another movie. Of course we knew this, but it's, you know, the next, uh, saga is coming and we got a name for the new movie that's coming up and it's the, uh, movie that's going to follow bumblebee which actually was a great movie bumblebee was great um don't get it twisted i really love bumblebee especially the first 15 minutes when they were all on cybertron and it was all cgi and they could have just made it all of that and it, it would have been the best transformers movie at all in many opinion the first 15 minutes of bumblebee was the best transformers movie of all time so man i tell you um this is going to be interesting the new name and we saw this at i believe we did see this at the end of the uh we saw this at the end of the movie where it looked like they were going there and i was hoping that they wouldn't go there 
But it looks like they are. The next movie is entitled Rise of the Beast. The logo is already made. They already put it out there on social media. It's there. Uh, director Stephen Kappel Jr., who is the man behind Creed 2, uh, revealed that the follow-up to the Bumble uh, to Bumblebee will take place. Now, here's the part. It's going to take place in 1994 because if you guys remember, um, it took place in, I believe, the Bumblebee was in 1984. And... This will be based on the Beast Wars mythology. Here's where things get a little bit iffy and why I'm a little bit worried about this. Because the original series for Beast Wars was based on prehistoric time, the Paleolithic era uh, of Earth when the Autobots and Decepticons first landed on Earth. They kind of viewed it on that. And what was going on during that time before they got to the Optimus Prime part and everything, which the Beast Wars mythology didn't make sense because they did kind of... The thing was, and the reason why I think I don't like, didn't like Beast Wars or don't like Beast Wars, the American version of Beast Wars at that. I should point that out. There is a... There is a anime Japan version of Beast Wars that they call Beast Wars 2. And that had Leo Khan uh, or Leo Convoy in there or Leo Optimus Prime in there. This Optimus turned into a lion in that version. And honestly, the design of that one versus Optimus Primal was much better. Loved it. They even made a movie in Japan. I don't think people, a lot of people did not see this, but even in Japan, they made a movie, another Transformers movie in Japan that had um, the American Beast Wars meet up and connect and cross over with the Japanese version of Beast Wars. So you did have Optimus Primal and Leo Prime together along with the other, you know, people as well. It was actually pretty cool. And I liked, in that in that sense, I liked the uh, the anime version of Optimus Primal and that. So the problem here, and, the, and the, the big gap in the plot of Beast Wars is that it was supposed to be based around the time when they all crash landed on Earth. Here's the problem. And it, it did, it, and it did connect with G1. The problem is it doesn't connect properly. If that's supposed to be the Autobots and Decepticons and they weren't called Autobot, it was the it was it was the Autobots and the Predacons. There were so many, so many plot holes to in disconnects to Beast Wars, it ain't funny. And then like shortly like a season or two later, they decide to actually connect the G1 era to that one and have Ravage as a walking, talking, you know, transformer. It was just weird. But the fact that they even tried to connect G1 to this, it really made me feel a little better about the series, but not enough because it, something was just not there. I felt like they connected to G1 era because people weren't really too happy with what was going on. So now you have this Beast Wars, and I guess you're gonna—they're just gonna say this is just their whole new universe retelling or whatever like that. But the Beast Wars is supposed to be based on back prehistorically, so this one is not. So this is where the kind of it gets really interesting to see where they're gonna go with this and how this is gonna gel in 1984, because now it's just you're mixing up the whole entire thing again. You know, at least when Marvel does something different with the universe one they explained to us that it, it's a it's an entire new universe it's not the 616 it's not even remotely a real life version of the 616 prime universe that they have 
it's just another multi part of the multiverse, which is the cinematic universe. And I get that. That's why I'm, I'm always cool with how they do it because they do it right. And they do and they, even when they do it differently, there's still the core of it that they still, you know, follow that is based on the original series. So you still get some of the characteristics of the original comics and all this stuff, but they get to take a little bit more liberties with it, but still keep the core there. When it came to Transformers movies, and it mostly blamed for Michael Bay, it's basically them taking liberties with whatever they want and not really respecting what the fans want out of this. And now he's not behind. He's not. He doesn't. Ha I don't think he has anything to do with this movie. I don't think he had anything to do with Bumblebee. And thank goodness you could tell everything was done right. It looked like they were trying to go with what the fans wanted. And it worked. So, you know, Bumblebee to me is the best of them all. Even, it, even one. Um, one was one was the only really good one I actually liked. And then the rest of them was like, okay, at least we got a Transformers movie. At least they still celebrate Transformers, but just not the way that I want it. And it doesn't look like the Transformers that I grew up with. Bumblebee kind of recaptured that. So again, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing where they're going with this. Um, I don't know. I, I just wasn't I think one of the reasons why also I wasn't a fan of the Beast Wars was not only just because the plot the gaps in the, uh, in the stories but also this was the early days of CGI this was the early days of uh, 3D animation and it just wasn't appealing it just did not look appealing I think if they redo it now in that way I think it'll look tons better than it did before and I think they'll be able to make it work I might it, it, I think if they redo Beast Wars now, I think I would probably appreciate it more because I know the writing will be um, much stronger. I know the the CG uh, will be much better. Uh, just it, all around the board. I think it'll be a much better series. But I I was I was not a fan. I was not a fan of that series. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know what? I don't have too much news on this, and I didn't look through further. But if you're a fan of Scooby Doo. You're going to love this because Scooby-Doo is in another movie. And, you know, Scooby-Doo is mostly known for doing movies with, you know, guests, whether it be real world guests or if it's like cartoon guests, whatever like that. They're going back to cartoon guests here. And of all cartoon characters to meet up with, I think this is the best because it makes a lot of sense and it gels right into what they're doing. They're coming September 14th is Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> I think this is a great, great uh, matchup. Uh, if you watch Courage the Cowardly Dog, it was one of Cartoon Network's, one of their best original series that they've ever done. Um, this was like a little bit after the days of Johnny Bravo and Powerpuff Girls and, and, and uh, Dexter's Laboratory and all this. It was like the next generation of that. Um, this, I think this was around the town of Ed, Ed and Eddie and all those other ones. The second generation of those. I hated Ed, Ed and Eddie, by the way, but that's a whole nother story for now. God, they were stupid. <laughs> but um, Courage the Cowardly Dog was a really cool one because it had somewhat of a supernatural type of element to it. And the dog, Courage, who was anything but was always, you know, scared out of his mind because there was always some aliens. There was always some, you know, uh, ghost threats and everything. And the old, you know, the old couple that he would, that he would live with never believed him. The father, the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, male 
owner, the pop. He, you know, what's funny. He was kind of abusive to courage at some point. So you kind of got to wonder why he was so scared all the time. But I wonder if they're going to change that because he was a bit verbally abusive to courage back in the old cartoons. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of his character or whatever like that. But um, this is going to be interesting. I love this. You got courage and you got Scooby. They both scared out their minds whenever they actually get together. And I think it was going to be this is going to be a great combination there. So it's coming September 14th. Um, I'm sure all of the normal cast of the voice cast for the show is going to be on there as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to be intrigued by that one. So, um, this is going to be a wrestling fan thing. And it's going to be a video game thing here. Um, all my people who watch all elite wrestling, have you gotten a chance to see the video that is made by, um, the people who brought the, uh, AEW Elevation, uh, Elevation. I said, I don't even know what I said. Uh, AEW Elevation is a series that they show on YouTube. It's a bunch of matches, up and coming stars. They have a really cool intro theme to it. Well, they just released, not too long ago, uh, June 22nd, I believe they released this. Um, they released a video of the actual, uh, for the actual theme. Which so cool about this, and it's by uh, by the group named Ruckus, I believe. What's so cool about this is that the rise, the the, the actual um, elevate, the actual name of the song, I believe, is called Rise, and it's you know based around Among Us. The video that they did, they first of all, if you're if you don't follow all uh, all elite wrestling. There's a another show called BTE called um, Being the Elite, where they do a whole bunch of different funny skits or whatever like that. One of the things that they've been doing, uh, one of the wrestlers named Brandon Cutler and a whole bunch of other wrestlers, they love playing Among Us and they do skits based around the game. They're really big fanatics. They play online. They play on, you know, they do gatherings and play online and get a lot of views for it and everything. So the video is based around Brandon Cutler, Bunny, uh, Evil Uno, uh, everybody who plays Among Us with them is in this game, and they're actually doing a. The whole video is an entire animated short of Among Us and them playing Among Us. It's awesome. It is fantastic. You got to go out of your way to see it. It's actually up on the um, All Elite Wrestling website. I mean, not website. It's on the uh, the Facebook page, and. You can watch it. It actually, it's from June. It's, it, I think they, I think they posted it on June twenty second, but it's actually on. It, it came out June fourteenth on an episode of uh, Ele- AEW Dark Elevation. But it's awesome. It is fantastic. It. I think the people behind Among Us allowed them to do this because is is it, it's the exact. It is Among Us to a T. Um, I got to say, man, the the developers who put this together they had no idea that this game would go off so successfully and become now a pop cultural phenomenon like you got aew wanting to do a video based around it um so many people have loved this they've run so many awards for this game i can't 
I, I, I really, I, it's just, it's just amazing. It's awesome. I mean, like Among Us is becoming up there with like Shovel Knights at this point. Is getting to that level. Like, if it gets any higher than this, then we're probably going to see it on Smash Brothers pretty soon. <laughs> you know, because even like Shovel Knights is, and you know, for most people who play Smash Brothers, Shovel Knights do get a honorable mention or, or um, you know, cameo appearance on Smash Brothers, and that's amazing because I think that's the only indie game that is in there maybe one of the main indie games that is in there and that speaks volumes for what you know super giant i mean not super giant uh yacht club games were able to do when you know they kind of popularized really the everything that was going on with the uh indie game scene with shovel knights and then everybody else just followed through among us is now among one of those you know one of those game titles that you see in there so go out of your way to check it out it is fantastic the, the song is awesome it always i love the song when it when the show comes on it always gets you riled up and hype and the video will now get you hype if you're a fan of among us if you're a fan of all elite wrestling this is this is really goes up uh there ali i love it absolutely it's just awesome here so go anyway check it out um more video game news here i want to get my thoughts on the new marvel avengers mission that just came out uh, beating the odds it's called and it basically is closing the book on the aim saga that le uh, that led to the confrontation with modok and the original story mode of the game so this is an extension of it and here in the um the avengers has a final showdown with the scientist supreme monica uh as she has possession of the cosmic cube it's available to uh as of today you not only get to play that new story mode that gets downloaded in you also have the cosmic threat event which is something that allows you to it it, it, it um kind of remixes a lot of old stages and adds some new elements to it this is a, that right there i believe is a limited time of uh, a limited time event that they have i don't know if the beating the odds one is i hope it's not i hope the beating the odds one stays because i really enjoyed that one it was probably one of the best missions that they had since the original story mode and man i barely came out alive uh beating monica uh the, the scientist supreme in there she was really really hard to get through um at first because you didn't understand how to get through beating her she it's like you beat up a bunch of her clones and then you get to, you try to find the main clone uh in there that's really kind of powering her and powering her force field once you take her out you got to kind of cover yourself or you got to get away from her or something. You got to hide behind one of the pillars or such. And before she, uh, you know, takes you out, because if you don't, she's going to take out everybody with one blast and you got to start all over again. So you got to be careful. And it wasn't easy at first, but I finally got through. Actually, I'll, I won't take the credit for this What? Shout out to the AI of Crystal Dynamics, because I've had many a times where the AI looked out and helped. And this is this is one of the stronger points of Marvel Avengers. Um, Hawkeye kept shooting, even though I was already down. I got I was down once and I'm like, she just only had a smidge of health left. So Hawkeye continued to kept shooting at her. Um, you know, he just went on his own, you know, merit to do to go do it. And he beat her. So I ended up beating that stage. If had, had he not done that, I probably this it could have went anyway. But I managed to beat that. So because of that, it unlocks the cosmic threat event 
in which you have to unlock. Um, you have to beat beating the odds before you can uh, play around with the cosmic threat event on air. So, um, thankfully, something that occurred uh, during the new update and patch is no longer. There was a bug in the latest update that displayed players' date stamps, which included the IP address on air. Um, this was not good. <laughs> this was not good at all. And they nipped it in a butt really quick. I, I played it again and it was immediately taken out. Um, I do recall that when I watched to find, try to find to see how to beat uh, Monica, I watched it on YouTube and a YouTuber posted the gameplay on his account with the information exposed on there. And people in the comments section were saying, dude, you got to take this down. Your IP address is showing. Your IP address is showing. And it looks like the guy never took it down. I don't know if he really checked it to see the comments or whatever like that. Or does he really care? Because lo and behold, who knows? The IP address may be a fake one because he may have a VPN address on there, which kind of switches it up it changes it around so um it could be that he's not worried about that because it's not his actual ip address or not i don't know so but it was up there he must not be afraid to publish it it hasn't been down yet it's still there but crystal dynamics uh said they were aware of it they were working on it apparently they did and kudos to them you know to credit to them because if you've been following this show if you listen to the select start podcast that i've been doing they've you've heard me talk about my disdain for how they conducted themselves at the beginning of the development of this game and the release of the game to their credit they have come a long way this game is a lot more fun to play it's it's more stable than it's ever been um little to no glitches in there i mean there was that one bug but they nipped it out the butt real quick it's becoming more solid of a game to play on a ps5 it, it's it's fantastic in the game so i'm having a lot more fun than i ever did before and playing through the ps5 version uh with the story mode intact i've really really enjoyed it so uh kudos to the crystal dynamics for finally getting their act together now i hope in the future that they decide to do things differently not to be pressured by these stockholders or whatnot and i know they gotta you know there's a lot there's shareholders that they got to worry about which is why these release dates come out i get that but some way somehow you have to take control and say we will get this out of the way as much as possible it's it's a it's a hard thing it's easy to say but it's hard to do and i know this because you could say that and then they they you know the shareholders will pressure you the shareholders who probably don't know anything about game development or how things work will pressure you and decided to sell their their shares because they're not getting what they want but at the same time, the stock market kind of reminds me of the internet in general, whereas like you can never please somebody. You're going to, you're going to be hated no matter what you're going to be liked, no matter what you can't please at all. You just got to do what you got to do and just see the results from there. And they got to trust you. You know, it's funny because the opposite of this is WWE where they're doing crappy production they're doing everything that they're doing is it's very low brow. Yet they're getting paid so much money from networks and such that they don't have to care. And the stockholders only care about the money that's coming in. They don't care how the thing is being produced or whatever like that. They just care that money is coming in and their their um, their value of their shares are going up constantly because of it. It's just and they think all of it is because, you know, Vince McMahon. But that dude to me is not the same dude from years back 
from this is not 1992, three, four, five, six, you know, events. This is he's totally out of it at this point. But I digress. You know, kudos to you guys. And uh, hopefully I'm looking forward to that Black Panther uh, expansion that's coming in August. So cheers <laughs> to on that news. All right. We're going to move into some anime news here. That's the last bit of news that we're going to have. Funimation announced that the new Demon Slayer movie is now streaming on their app. I This is amazing because they never put their movies on a stream. They never, never. I like My Hero Academia, never on air. Dragon Ball, uh, Super Brawly, never on air. They've never done this before. This is the first time they ever put a movie that was out on theaters recently on Funimation. I don't know why they did that, why it led to that, but it's on there. It's there now. So if you didn't get a chance to see it in the theaters like I have, it is available now to watch. And guess what? I'm going to watch this movie and I'm probably going to do a review on this because I heard great things about this uh, in terms of animation and just story and everything. Yeah, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to enjoy this because I did, excuse me, I did actually want to see this in theaters and never got a chance to because this, when it comes to anime movies and theaters, they're always in limited amount of, they're always in a limited uh, amount of theaters that are in there. They're not usually nationwide. Not even Dragon Ball, even even though Dragon Ball Super Brawly was very successful, you still had to find it at a theater near you. And sometimes these theaters are like eons away from where you live at. Like I had to go, I'm in Philly in, in University City. I had to go to King of Prussia, which is only about like roughly 45 hour away but still it's like just so out of way i have a theater literally half a mile away from me that i could like a walking distance that i could have gone to and they didn't play it there so i thought that sucked but that's usually the case not everybody has the means to watch these in theaters so you got to wait till it comes out on digital instead or it comes out on uh, dvd or blu-ray so but it's awesome that they put it on funimation now so i'm definitely going to check it out not only that have you gotten a chance for those who subscribe to Funimation, which I am, I'm a big subscriber to this company. Um, I better be because they, I interviewed a lot of these people on there, but have you checked out their new design? They have a new, a newly designed app. Now it's way more user-friendly than it was before. I love the UI, um, options and settings and everything in there. It looks beautiful. It looks easy to, you know, navigate into. Uh, I really appreciate what they're doing. I've always been a fan of them. Uh, I, unfortunately, I know due to COVID that they are not exactly able to get the shows out like they used to. Like, I, I, it was awesome before COVID. And I believe I talked to Amanda uh, C. Miller about this. Before COVID, man, they were on the ball. They were like basically every single episode that came out in Japan. They already had a an American, you know, dub version of it coming out at the same time. And then COVID hit and it kind of stifled their process and productivity towards getting making it happen at a timely matter. So I don't know what's gonna happen now because there's a lot of new anime in the series, uh in Funimation that has yet to be dubbed. And this is rare because now it's starting to look like it's starting to come off like Crunchyroll in a sense, but <laughs> with more dub anyway. But that is kind of telling me that they still have not figured out a process to try to get everybody to do some, do the roles fast enough to get them all out. 
it is, it's a shame, but I, hopefully they'll get back on track because there are a lot of anime that I want to see. Uh, I, some of them I will just go through the, uh, the sub with, but the problem is with me personally is that if I watch sub, it's like make the stallion made this, they made a valid point about this because she is a dub watcher and she's a dub watcher for almost the same reason why I'm a dub watcher It's because not only do I love the voice acting talent of it that people try, you know, at the anime uppity tries to not most of the anime uppity community, by the way, who doesn't know a lick of Japanese, but only goes by the subtitle. Get out of my face. I digress. But she like I, it's like, I'm always doing something. I'm always working on something. I'm always, you know, try focus. Sometimes the dub, not only sometimes, a lot of times the dub helps that you could hear what's going on and you could at least glimpse over to the side to really watch what's going on. But you could hear the, you know, the conversation going. If you, you can't do that with sub, you know, for, for multitaskers, it's, you know, who are, are anime fans, the sub won't be able to work. Like you have to be, you have to do nothing. You got to be sitting in the couch doing nothing in order to watch a sub. And I don't have that much time to do it, but I still like to enjoy, you know, the dub. You know, I love to watch to watch the series. You can't, like, you have to have nothing going on in life except for just watching that at the time doing it. That's just not my world. That's not her world at all. So. I appreciate that. And, you know, there's some anime in there that I really, really like battle athletes is back. I want to see that. And, and I want to see them, you know, do that and, and dub. I, I hope that they do. I hope I don't know what's going on in, in terms of like their production and, and time with uh, things. But I'm hopefully that'll get out in a dub soon. So we'll see. Um, last bit of news in world in the world of anime. You saw uh, Sailor Moon Eternal. Uh, just this month on Netflix, preparing the uh, early this month. Next week, for those who don't have Hulu, you'll get a chance to see the entire Sailor Moon Crystal series on Netflix. I don't know if this means that Hulu is no longer uh, having owning the rights to Sailor Moon on there. I don't know what's going on, but apparently Sailor Moon is being acquired. Sailor Moon Crystal is now being acquired by netflix so now not only will they have sailor moon um eternal the two movies but now they're going to have the crystal series which it all connects it all leads up to the eternal series so is the classic series coming to netflix and if it does that's actually pretty awesome i'm all for it one of the reasons being is because netflix when they play it when they do series i don't have to listen to the intro all the time it just cuts right into the episode. I wish Hulu did the same thing because not every single animated I want to watch. I want to see the entire. I want to watch the uh, the the intros because not all intros are great. Like Bleach, Bleach or Bleach has some great uh, intros and uh, in opening themes, and then some of them aren't. So I would love if I could watch it once and then it just like boom goes right into the deal. And the problem is, I think I believe Bleach is on Netflix, but they don't have all of the episodes there. So I tend not to watch, whereas Hulu has every single episode in dub and sub on air. They got, it's funny. Hulu actually has more episodes than Funimation and Funimation also carries uh, Bleach as well. That's weird to me. Like that is really, really weird that not all the episodes of Bleach is on Funimation. So there you have it on that note. So go out of your way, get ready. If you haven't watched Sailor Moon Crystal and I would, here's, here's my thing. 
It's another thing I have talked to you with Amanda off air um, about. Sailor Moon Crystal is awesome in terms of um, the animation style and upgrade, especially during the third season when they changed, went back to the hand-drawn style as opposed to the the uh, CGI style that they were do- trying to work with. But Crystal has so much charm. It allows you to learn more about and get it, it, it get into the characters even more. If you have not watched Sailor Moon at all, and you want to know why this show is so great, don't watch Crystal until you watch the classic. I'm telling you, because the the Crystal series is only for those people who have watched the original series. And I'm definitely, I will stand by this. It is only for the people who watched the original series and has enjoyed it. And this cuts off, Crystal cuts out all the filler, but it also cuts out a lot of the character development of the girls as well. Like, yes, it's a little bit serious because they go straight to the arcs, but I will, I will defend this. I will say this. A lot of people talk about filler episodes and all the stuff. And Sailor Moon has possibly the best filler episodes of all anime. It allows you to get to know the characters a lot better. You get to enjoy the characters a lot better. So by the time they got get to those arcs, then it then you get to series. Like you don't get the same. You don't you don't share the same touching moments with um, Usagi that you do on a classic. Classic is like she's a goofball. She's learning to be more responsible. She's aiming to be that. Crystal, like it's kind of like she's already there. But there are times when, like, and, and if you watch the uh, the repop um, multiverse panel with myself and the cast of Sailor Moon, which you can see on TalkTimeLive.com uh, in in the media section, the full entire panel in there that I did with them, we uh, Stephanie Shea talks about that because there's a there's a point in Usagi's you know saga where they take Tuxedo Mask and Mamoru and they, you know, they kind of kidnapped him and brainwash him and make him think, make her think like she, uh, he doesn't love her anymore. And she gets depressed and she is depressed for like episodes on end. And it just, it, you go through this really emotional ride with her. And I remember watching this as a kid and it, it was heartbreaking to see this every time. And you really wanted to see her get you know, Mamoru back and Tuxedo Mask back and get, you know, because he was pretty much trying to kill her at some point because he was brainwashed by Queen Barrel. So they don't cover that part as well as they do on on the classic. So, but then there's some things on, uh, on Crystal that they don't put into the classic series either. Like the Crystal version is more based on the manga anyway. So they kind of, you know, if they both kind of work hand in hand, but it's best to watch the classic series before you go to Crystal. So definitely go out of your way to do that. But enjoy it all. Sailor Moon is one of the greatest of all time, and uh, it's it's awesome that Netflix is acquiring them. So they mean that tells you that they mean business about anime. Seriously. So, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to review Batman: The Long Halloween Part One. We'll do that right after this. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with our Talk Topic of the Week, our first of two this week, as I review Batman The Long Halloween. And, you know, I gotta say, this may be one of the best Batman animated movies I enjoyed since Under the Red Hood. And I'm here's the thing. All Batman movies are most likely the best. There's not one bad. I don't think there's one bad Batman movie. There's been so many that DC Animation and Warner Brothers have come out with. This one, man. This one. They took it to a whole nother level with this. Like, this is a absolute true crime movie. This is more. This is Batman in a true crime movie. Like, seriously. The writing in here was so strong that it, I think it levels up to any live action, true crime thriller out there. It's amazingly done. It, it The cast is just great. It's just phenomenal. It's based on the actual comic series of the same name that I never checked out. So, you know, a lot of times when I watch Batman movies, it's, I never watched it. I never read the originals before. I, there's only a rare amount that I've actually read. I think Hush maybe one of the ones that, and, which is why I was so disappointed in why they changed the direction of that uh, as to who was the you know real I, I, don't, I still to this day it boggles me as to why they went the direction they did with the Hush movie I don't understand it it made no sense at all did not absolutely and I hope that this turns out to be better and I hope that they listen to the fans like don't change a thing like you don't have to I think they were trying to just throw people off because they knew who was going to be Hush in the in that movie, but and they decided to switch it up. It didn't work. It didn't work. It should not have been done. Yeah, there's a there's a core of people who know the story of Hush, but there's a, also a, a core of people who don't. And I think you you did uh, they did a disservice by doing that. In this case, this movie, the first part of this, fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Let me give you a rundown on what the story is about. According to uh, Apple TV, which is where I saw it, which I, which is where I decided to uh, invest in it. It's a dark night in Gotham. It's a dark time in Gotham City. Held hostage by the powerful Falcone family, the city is rife with crime and corruption. When isn't it? Uh, adding, the, adding the chaos is the mystery holiday killer, who they just absolutely just call Holiday. Uh, who has been targeting the underworld and leaving a trail of terror 
uh, in body bags. Batman, Lieutenant Gordon, and DA Harvey Dent race against the calendar as it advances towards the next ill-fated holiday. Based on the critically acclaimed graphic novel, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 begins the twisted chain of events that will forever change the Dark Knight. Yes, that is indeed what this movie has done. Uh, Holiday is an enigma, no pun intended, of itself, and I doubt if it's him this time around either. I love this, everything from the storytelling, which I thought it was a little bit more deep, darker, and dense than it ever was before. We've seen some great Batman, you know, um, stories and Batman movies come along. I don't know what was it about the long uh, Halloween, but it was just, it had the same aura and tempo as like watching any movie that we've seen recently. Like, it, it, in fact, it reminded me of the little things. Um, it had that that vibe to it with um, Denzel Rami uh, Malik in there. It had that type of vibe to it. I it, it really did. Um, I thought they did a tremendous job. The cast in here. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, we got to. We have to because there's some. There's an important significance to this movie, and the next movie that's coming, that is really kind of sad, but very. They did it. They did it justice, and they paid great tribute. Uh, let's start with uh, Jensen Ackles, who is known for Supernatural. Um, he. This is his first role as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and I thought he knocked it out the park. This is one of the better batman portrayals that i've seen and i thought he did a tremendous job this is even though this is his first time doing a batman role and playing the main role of batman this is not his first time in a dc animated movie he's done an anime for supernatural as well as he's done he was uh jason todd in under the red hood so he's well familiar with these type of uh, roles in here but this time he knocked out the part. i thought his voice uh carrying the dark knight was tremendous he did a great job. Um, you know, more power to him on that note. I thought he he not he really carried it both as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. Josh Dermel to me was the kind of the MVP of this. I thought his portrayal of Harvey Dent was really well done. Um, Josh Dermel, he's a he's this is the reason why people love Josh Dermel so much. He he's kind of a versatile guy. He's his his charisma carries so well, and for him to take on this type of role uh playing harvey dent i felt this was different from anything i've seen him do before and um rather in live action movies or in animated movies before too so um he he really brought our this version of harvey dent to light here and it, it showed i i can't wait to see when he becomes two-face you know and how he's going to portray all that big i love when he snapped into both versions of harvey dent you could tell, you could see it, him going in and out of those versions of Harvey Dent that you got to see. Um, I really like the fact that they had moments where Batman may be the cause of a reason why he turns to Harvey um, Two-Face by leading him on with the coin situation. I thought that was cool. Um, you had Troy Baker once again reprising his role as the Joker. If you guys remember, this is not the first time he's ever played the Joker. He first played the Joker and Batman on Batman uh arkham origins the video game he played both roles uh roles in there he uh he did tremendous he was troy baker <sighs> this dude is just he he's the top of the mountain in terms of uh of voice acting i mean he is just phenomenal not only was he able to capture close as close to uh 
Kevin Conroy as possible. He's able to capture as close to Mark Hamill as possible as well. If like, like, God forbid, if anything happens to Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, if Troy Baker's still around, he really does a great job voicing their versions. He's capturing the aura of those two versions very well. He studied, you could tell he studied those two tremendously. Cause when he did, even though he, even though, um, Kevin Conroy and uh, Mark Hamill didn't reprise their role for the Arkham Origin series. I thought he did tremendously well and worked out really great. And I think that's also stepped him up in his career when he did it too. So uh, a lot of other great, great, great talents in here. Uh, David uh, Dasmashillen. I hate saying his name, but I butcher his name all the time. But he, uh, you know him from Scarecrow on the uh, Christopher Nolan series. Uh, he plays Calendar Man here. Uh, you had some great uh, talents here, but the one that stands out. Oh, and shout out to Fred Tattashore too. If that's why I put the uh, the liner on here. Usually when I have the liner for Fred Tattashore and Charlotte Chung in here, it's usually because I'm going to talk about something with Fred Tattashore. He plays Solomon Grundy. He does no wrong. <laughs> he, he did. He said little and got a lot out of that character, and it just it was it was all. It was just all opposing <laughs> in here. Um, it really stood out. It really, that's what I should have said. But we also got Nia Rivera in here and what is said to be her absolute final role before her untimely passing last year. You guys remember Nia Rivera uh, from Glee. Um, she plays Catwoman in here. This uh, wasn't supposed to be her final role. This ended up being her final role due to the untimely death when she was on vacation with her uh, with her child and all of a sudden, you know, she was, I don't, I don't wanna get into details with it, but she uh, was uh, lost at sea. Let's just put it like that. And it was unfortunate, it was very, it's one of the things that made 2020 so horrible. And it's sad, but they man she managed to do this movie one last time and I thought she did great as uh selena serena kyle uh aka catwoman and uh they did a tribute to her after the movie and i thought it was very touching just, even when you just see the little bit of you know text and font that just has her name and you know the born and time of uh departure was there it, it was it was just touching it was just beautifully done um she did a great job in here i thought she was a great catwoman just wish we could see her become Catwoman again. Well, at least we will from part two. She will be on part two as well as part one. But overall, the entire cast has been so great. Uh, Alistaine Duncan as Alfred Pennyworth. Titus uh, uh, Wevler, who we see in many, many uh, movies and especially Marvel related movies and shows. He played um, Carmen Falcone. I, you know, the Falcone family is always something that's so cool about the Batman series and this ties with Thomas Wayne and everything in here. And it's just awesome. I love everything that went on um, without going into too much details because they don't really, it's hard to say you get spoiled or anything because they don't spoil you. They leave it open-ended for part two. You don't really get to find out who is the, um, who's, who's the uh, holiday killer because who they thought it was, wasn't. And this whole story basically, at least from the this the animated movie standpoint, it's just basically, this is like Batman 1, pretty much. This is Bruce trying to 
figure out how to get through these you know stories it's not just about these these uh crimes it's not just about him beating up people and bashing them up and torturing them and 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 you know um antagonizing them to you know to justice he now realizes that he has to go deeper he now realizes that he has to become a detective he has to learn more about what the what the criminal is thinking what the what the uh people committing crimes are doing and how they're doing it he has to go deeper into the psychological factors of this and we now get to see how he ends up becoming the the, the, uh, the detective now as well as the ninja in here so he's learning all of the different elements and this is a part that a lot of people don't get to see in any of the animated uh, movies or tv series that we got because when they show that he's already established he already knows what he's doing now we see bruce vulnerable for the first time you know this is the early stages of him we get to see him uh really develop into the batman that we know and love you know the unstoppable <laughs> in this case so i like this this coming of age story for bruce wayne in here but i overall i thought they did greatly you also have the situation with falcone who really regardless of his you know background and what he does he respects the wayne family he considers the wayne family part of his family even though bruce is not bruce does not feel it he doesn't he never liked the fact that that his father even worked with him to do half of the things he does falcone even though he's a crime boss he still gives charity he tries to play the robin hood thing in order to you know gain the uh appreciation of of gotham you know it, it you know give a little get a little i guess it, it is way his son unfortunately has a jealous is kind of alberto falcone played by uh jack quaid he's kind of jealous of him based on the fact that you know he was never meant to be and jack quaid by the way from the boys <laughs> one of my other favorite shows um he basically has beef with his father because his father respects bruce more as a son more than he does this led to bruce thinking that it was him all along i mean there's so many different suspects here there's harvey there's him there's uh some of falcone's family members that he thought it was gonna be come to find out is none of them it's absolutely none of them we still don't know who the hell this guy is and whatever you got harvey going through you know his job with you know trying to do his job trying to you know get falcone take falcone down and trying to balance his situation with his fiance or his girlfriend or whatever like that and it's just he's getting in the mix of all this stuff you know which is funny because barbara barbara gordon and uh and, and uh and jim gordon also kind of have their thing but they know how to handle it better they seem to handle their situation a lot better this this case is not and then of course you have the joker who's in the middle of all this they think joker has something to do with this as well maybe he's the guy that's a part of it and somehow he ends up getting out of jail he's kind of joker is kind of the b role that kind of the b story here but it's still a great add to the mix of everything that's going on and we the cool part is we get a joker and batman uh story out of this we get a we get a little bit of a confrontation with them in the midst of everything that's going on and i love the way they just kind of you know assimilated that in very well and not just let it stick out it just it flowed right into everything that was going on and he made it a part of it so overall this was just an awesome 
awesome. This is wasn't even this, I, I, this is a Batman movie, but this is a a, a true crime cop movie <laughs> at his at best. This was a movie that can be appreciated by comic book fans and adults who like crime series. This you 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 can't you can't you know label this just because it's animated. This thing has some heavy adult oriented situated uh you know moments this is this whole thing is adult situated like i wouldn't show this version of batman to kids like this is the harley quinn situation again it's like harley quinn is for adults this movie is for this movie should not be watched by kids in my opinion this is a pg-13 movie if you don't want to explain to your kids you let them watch the batman animated series that's for them actually that's for everybody but it's more catered and designed for them to watch it, you know even the tim burton series wasn't really a movie that kids should have been watching because for its time it was kind of hardcore and that's why you made the batman cartoon harley quinn nobody no kids should be watching that because they f-bomb they have you know they have uh you know sexual moments and all this stuff so for them to not do what they're what they originally planned to do is just ridiculous this is another one this is not a kid's movie. You know, it, this is not a kid's movie at all. So don't let kids watch this movie. Enough said. It's something for everybody in, in the world of DC. You know, they just, DC has just to work about how to make that happen. <laughs> and I mean everything. So Chris Palmer, uh, he directed a really great um, series, a really great movie here. And Jeff Loeb, who did the original story, and Tim. Uh, Shredden did a great uh, screenplay in here. Go out of your way to check this out. If Batman fans, true crime fans, comic book fans, this is another great Batman movie. And it's just more to come. And that's the awesome part about it. So for part one of the long Halloween, this gets an A+. I could watch. And by the way, I don't think I didn't even mention the art style either. The art style matches um, Superman Man of Tomorrow. So I don't know if there's a connection between those two universes because they, you know, after the the new 52 universe, they now moved on to this. So there, hopefully there is a connection between the Superman, the new Superman Man of Tomorrow series and this because I would love to see that. And then also Wonder Woman and all of them, uh, the Justice Society, they're coming out with that one, too. And I believe that has the same art style as well. So hopefully this is all within the same universe in some form or fashion, but I would love it. So definitely get an a plus go either way is available now on digital i don't know when it's coming out in there you, you but it this is an hour and 25 minutes of awesome okay so folks that will do it for this edition for the first part of talk top live prime this is part one part two is coming this sunday where we review fast and furious nine uh and also talk about low-key uh episode three as well and other news that will go on there's always going to be more news going on in the world of our favorite fandoms there so if you enjoy this and if you're new to the show thank you for coming on to the show and if you enjoyed this you can enjoy more episodes on talktimelive.com our brand new uh newly designed funimation isn't the only one that went for a new design but <laughs> talktime lives brand new uh still fresh and still new website at talktimelive.com you could go and check out our podcast episodes there you can check out all old episodes it's easier to find old episodes that you want to check out on talktimelive.com uh there's a search engine on the left on the lower left side right above the actual uh let me go there right above 
uh, the it's right after the introduction and is right above the episodes where it says search podcast. So you click on it. It pops up. I might try to make that a little bit uh, more visual. I, I may be able to change the color of that to make it easier for people to find. But you click on it. It says search podcast and you can find anything. If you want to find any of my exclusive interviews with people with the 50 over 50 people in the world of anime comics movies and games you can search there you can type in the specific name of the person you of the interview you want to listen to or you could type ttl exclusive and you it'll come right up and you can find it i'm doing it right now and all of the episodes will come up you can hit the load more and they'll just keep coming and just keep coming and keep coming a lot of great um shows and episodes that i have if you want to see video exclusives you can also go to the ttl exclusive video click on that and it will show you all the video the recent video episodes that i've done with people in the world of our favorite fandoms as well and if you missed out on the read pop metaverse episodes that i did recently early this month well i got an easy place for you to find it go to our media page on there you'll see the read pop metaverse section on air the episode that i did the panel that i did with the bleach cast is on air sailor moon uh the sailor moon trivia which was a lot of fun and the uh cast of that time i got reincarnated as a slime that cast panel is on air too so you got all of that go out we go out of your way to check it out at talktimelive.com if you want to subscribe and download via podcast on your favorite podcast platforms well we got it for you as well spotify Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Popbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and of course, shout out to all the people out there on Tumblr because it's all there as well. So, right away to check it out. Again, we will be doing Select Start again next week where Scarlet Nexus will be reviewed as well as whatever news comes out from there. But this Sunday, we got Fast 9. Been waiting for this been waiting for this movie to come out uh, it should be a lot of fun and it'll be the should be the first time i go back to the theaters live i haven't been to the theaters in so long this will be the first time i've been in theaters since you know the pandemic and everything has come so i'm vaxxed i'm ready to go i'm ready to ride i'm ready for the ride i should say too so stay tuned for that and much much more but again thank you to all of our listeners um especially the ones who help make our new download record monthly download record as well Shout out to everybody who listened to all the podcast platforms. Shout out to the Podbean community as well. Just been awesome. Thank you so much. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and talk to you guys Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.